Welcome to Help Wanted, recruiting in today's world with Nikki Wallace. Nikki and her guests are here to help you understand the labor force and how to recruit and hire for small businesses and other companies in today's dynamic and ever-changing world. Now, let's get into it. Here's Nikki. Hello, listeners. This is Nikki Wallace, your host with Help Wanted Recruiting in Today's World. Today is going to be fun. We're actually live, so no pre-records today. And I have two members of my team. So I have Michaela and Cordell here. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> I know. Cordell's got his energy drink. Michaela's got her water. All ready to go? Ready. I know. So... Well, we just thought it would be fun to have some of the team um, jump on, really, and give their insight, and I won't steal their thunder with um, their background and kind of what they've done over the years to get where they are right now, but um, I'm just grateful to have you guys both on my team, as you guys both know, and we're excited to to chat. So um, we can just start, and Michaela, you want to introduce yourself and your background and go from there? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, my name's Michaela. I've actually known Nikki for, gosh, what has it been? Probably like seven-ish years now yeah. at this point. Um, we worked together prior oh, nice. to Nikki starting starting the company that um, we're at right now, and it's been it's been a journey. But yeah. I've been in the recruiting space for you know the last seven years of my career. I went to school at the University of Iowa, and then moved to Des Moines and. Here we are, you know, recruited and now kind of helping manage and do some business development within our market. So it's been really cool just to interact with clients and learn learn about the companies that make up the beautiful city of Des Moines. But my kind of specialty is really in the architecture, construction, and engineering space. So um, I'm adaptable to anything, but that's kind of where I really um, hone in on my my core skills and skill sets that I align with. Yeah. And Michaela's been, she said it, but she's been with me really from the beginning in a lot of ways. So mm -hmm. you and Steph really, um, as I went off on my own and tried to figure out what I was doing, you were a lot of drinks at the pool trying <laughs> to figure out also what I was doing. Um, lots, of, lots of pool talk. Yeah. So it's been fun to see you kind of evolve um, as the company has grown as well. But thanks for joining. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, Cordell. Hi. Good to be here. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Like she said, my name is Cordell. Um, went to UNI, graduated back in 2020, or I guess fall of 2019. Um, originally went to school for marketing and sales. Um, if you would have asked me if I'd ever go into recruiting when I first got into college, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Um, <laughs> definitely didn't uh, I feel see like this. That's what everybody says. Yeah, I definitely didn't see this as my career, but um, my senior year, I did an internship at a recruiting company, uh, got an offer. From that and then ever since January of 2020 I've been in the recruiting industry yeah um I would say I've mostly focused on the manufacturing construction kind of labor side of things more contract contract to hire work if you will um but I've dabbled in some other areas you know administrative MIT um on that side of things so that's the board yeah yeah and I mean <clears throat> as far as why I got into recruiting I mean I think at the the basis of it, I'm a very, um, you know, somewhat extroverted person. I like communicating with people, talking with people, learning more about people, um, and helping people at the end of the day. So Cordell's the one that brings a lot of fun, different. It was good to have a guy on the team, but you you bring a different energy to the group, and it's fun to have you here. So can offset 
the the balance a little bit. Cordell, the ladies' man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't have to be nice, Cordell. You can you can tell us how you really feel about being. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's fun. I didn't really think about you joining, like, um, recruiting or starting recruiting in 2020. So, like that timeline, I guess I just hadn't really put that together. You know, but when the world was totally normal, I, right? Yeah. <laughs> I worked yeah. for about two and a half, three months before the infamous COVID came in came into our lives. So. Huh. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I did not put that together before, right? At this very second. So yeah. So the first year, I mean, I worked probably three. Three months in and well, I was in the office most of that year, but three months of an actual office and yeah. then nine months of either remote or an office of two to three people. Yeah, that's wild. It was interesting. That's a lot for a fresh grad. I'm trying to picture back when I first graduated college because you're right. trying to figure out your life and then you jump into just uh, trying to figure out what the world is, what in the world's going on at the time. So. Yeah. Kudos to you, buddy. Yeah. At least yeah. you had, you know, been an intern before, so you had a little bit of background, but. Yeah. I didn't necessarily have to go through the same depth of training. Right. Because I'd already done, done most it. of the training as an intern. Um, so I kind of hit the ground running pretty much week one, yeah. which was nice. Um, yeah. If I would have had to have been trained, I mean, that probably would have been a lot rougher, but. A little different yeah there were co-workers that started in the midst of covid so yeah kind of just fight or flight love it so i have these two kind of put together like we all kind of put our heads together and like what are what are the trends what are we seeing what are we doing how are things different um obviously we'll have a little bit different background from each of us with um you know what our careers and what our paths have uh done and kind of how they've changed and and where recruiting is right now so I think we one question that came up that I didn't know organically would come up here at the beginning is like the whole COVID question. So Michaela, this might be a question almost for you or mm -hmm. us really to yeah. talk through. And Cordell, you could you could put your two cents on, but how has the market changed from before COVID to post COVID? We kind of had a conversation this morning laughing about demands of of candidates have changed a little bit um in different areas, but um just overall thoughts, industry trends are, are kind of big things that you're seeing change. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely been a big topic over the last, well, shoot, three, almost, yeah, three years, probably a little over to the day um, when all that got crazy. Yeah. But kind of like one thing Cordell pointed out that I would like to address is the fact that I did have a recruiter on my team at the time start during COVID and it was not in office, sit down, train. It was literally all done virtually. Yeah. You know, it was all over teams. I actually hadn't met that individual who joined my team for like two months till after they started. Oh, really? Yeah. Which was wild. So it's like you, you think you know this person, then you get to meet them in person and it's a whole different perspective. But for sure, like the times before COVID, it's kind of even hard to even think of what that was because I, I don't know if we'll ever truly get back to that. Right. Um, I remember the market was already tight before COVID from the standpoint of everyone was looking for people. The economy was booming. It was hard to find people. Unemployment rate, shoot, in Iowa might have been one of the lowest mm -hmm. in the entire country. So that was kind of the madness we had to deal with. And then it went from everyone's hiring and looking for people to all these great people are either laid off or let go mm -hmm. and looking for jobs and no one's hiring. So that was a very big adjustment. Um you know, you go from one end of the spectrum to the other. And then I think now that we've moved forward and through 
thankfully, most of the COVID situations and adjusting back to the new normal, there's a lot of industry trends that I've noticed and being in the recruiting world, dealing with people, you see it and hear it every day, but it goes for the candidate side and the client side. You know, the the client side continues to still need people, Mm -hmm. but they've really had to adjust to what the candidates are asking for. Um, I do think it's a pretty candidate-driven market present day just because of that. You know, you've got the whole remote aspect. You know, Cordell mentioned he worked from home for about nine months or in an office of two people. So people adapted to that for doing it for so long. So now you've got all these people wanting hybrid at least. Um, But the amount of people asking for remote, I don't remember even having that question come up before COVID. So that's been a big thing for, I would say, employers to adjust to. Um, as well as just some of the um, flexibility and maybe some of the pay, they're starting to really try and take advantage of opportunities, which yeah. why won't you, you know, if one company is going to offer you all those things and another isn't, if that's what's important to you, that's an easy decision. So yeah. I think it's just adjusting and having candid conversations with candidates um, that are realistic about the opportunities out there, but also really being a partner to our clients and letting them know like, Here's the trends. Here's what we're seeing. How can you get as close to this, if possible, to to stay appealing to those people? Sorry, very long-winded. No, lots of thoughts. But that was, you know, yeah. that was reality for many years, and I don't think we'll ever not hear of it. But right, yeah, no, I agree. It was such a weird time. I mean, myself supporting manufacturing at that time. I mean, my entire book of business at that point was almost all maintenance text and. You think of who was getting let go when lines were getting shut down it was maintenance checks so to be kind of in a role that all of a sudden the uncertainty just everybody all of a sudden was trying to figure out what to do and where to pull levers and and whatnot so how do you think um and either of you i guess i would i would say um each industry each industry so you think of manufacturing like you can't work remote from manufacturing right you can't make a widget at home um, how do you think some of the companies um, are responding or doing with like the whole remote aspect? Put you in the hot seat here on this question. Well, like you said, it's definitely <laughs> differing by industry. Yeah. Um, you know, manufacturing, skilled trades, really any of that stuff. I mean, people in those fields understand. I mean, right. they're not going to ask for remote because it's right. not realistic, but. I mean, I think companies on the administrative, you know, clerical, um, when I was in IT, IT is definitely heavy remote, you know, for developers, engineers, yeah. anything of that sort. And companies definitely have to be mindful of it. Um, you know, like Michaela said, it is a candidate driven market. So, you know, if you have a group of candidates that are really qualified for the role and everyone that you're sourcing seems to be wanting remote, you have to, you know, sit down and Really think about that. Really think about, I mean, obviously you want to make sure that you can do it. And if you can't feasibly do it, then it may just take longer to to find that person. But I think as time goes on and, you know, when COVID was at its peak, keeps getting further and further away, I think people will be more enticed to come back. But Mm -hmm. the people that have gotten used to working remote, you know, there are still remote jobs out there. So they can kind of pick and choose, you know, if you're in that situation. So it's, it's been interesting, but I think companies are way more open yeah. to working with you, especially if you're a really good fit for the position. Yeah. And I think it comes down to like, what are they doing? What is their job? You know, if you're working on a piece of equipment, you clearly can't do that from your house, right? You right. know, in, in my world on the construction side, you can't manage a $50 million project from your 
kitchen table, you know, like, so if it's a collaborative, you've got lots of meetings or people physically you are overseeing, you can't do that from home. But to your point, you know, some of these call center people or, you know, maybe someone who is in IT that's on a computer all day working isolated anyway. Yeah, it makes sense. So I think it's really just understanding what is their specific roles and responsibilities and is it feasible to do that from home? Yes or no. So yeah. it just is very dependent on the industry and what the job is. But there are times and places where it makes sense. You know, you think of all the companies just in Des Moines that have sold their offices or downsized because yeah. they've saved so much money by allowing people to be home because it's it works for them. So very situational. It's It's been a blessing and a curse at the same time. Yeah. It just depends on who you ask and how they've been affected by it. Have we seen any, I was trying to think of like good examples, but any good, um, like flexible, like where a client has come in and, you know, maybe worked with a candidate to your point, Cordell, of like, hey, this is like the perfect candidate. How do we be able to give them some of those options or flexibility? Um, I think there's a, been a couple, you know, one in, per, one in particular I can think of is, you know, ideally they would love to have the person physically be in a Des Moines office, but if they can at least make it to town a few times a month, yeah, there is some opportunity for that to work or work out some type of consistent monthly travel schedule. So I think it's really just figuring out a consistency and a schedule if you're going to have that as opposed to just a free for all of like one day I'm going to be in once a week and then the next four and then I'm going to work from home on this day. But, you know, as long as there's like, like they know what plan. to expect. Yes. Yeah. And and everyone's on the same page and communication at the end of the day is the biggest thing probably from that situation. Um, I yeah. just know that the fully remote has been difficult in some aspects. So, yeah, for sure. And I know too, um, what I've seen is some companies will, you know, maybe for your first year, will prefer that you're in office a lot more. Yeah. But after that first year, you know, after you've been able to prove yourself, you know, show yourself a little bit, they're you know fine with you right. know, moving you more into a hybrid or remote type schedule but yeah. i think it's just there, there definitely has to be a level of trust there between the company and uh you know and the employee yeah because i think that's what it comes down to is if someone doesn't want you to be remote they probably just don't i wouldn't say all the time it's trust but i think it comes down to just making sure that they believe that you know you'll be able to stay on task your you job work, to the yeah. you know best of your ability you know not the that you know stuff that's slacking down so yeah i've seen that too so communication this is the big thing that we talk talk about with our candidates because i do think um the communication and the way that we source candidates and find candidates um engage with candidates really across the board for all industries has changed would you guys agree with that comment yeah yeah so I guess, how? How do we do it now? How do you guys, you guys are kind of boots on the ground, Cordell, you especially, um, I guess you are too, really on our technical roles, Michaela, but um, how are you guys doing it? Like, what are the tools that you're using or what do you guys find are the best approaches to really get these candidates engaged in, in their search? Yeah, well, I mean, I'd say the biggest change is everything's more digital you yeah. know, over the computer, things like that. So, um, you know, even if you're doing screenings, you yeah. know, doing a lot of Zoom meetings, Teams meetings, um, I've even like FaceTime people if, if that's all they can do. You know, I'm I'm pretty open to however, however motive. <laughs> I didn't know you did that. <laughs> however mode of communication is best for somebody, I'm going to, 
you know, make my best effort to adapt to them. Yeah. Um, Meet them in the middle. So like texting. I mean, I know some, some recruiters may not prefer to text, um, you know, with contractors or, or people they're working with. But I think, you know, an old boss, what, what he said to me is, you know, say that you're in the middle of something. What are you more likely to send a quick reply to? Yeah, that is true. You get a phone call. You're probably going to let it go to voicemail. Yeah. You get an email. If you even look at your email, you might notice that you got an email. Otherwise, right. you're probably checking it in the evening yeah. maybe before bed. But generally, someone's going to see a text, whether it comes through on their watch or just comes through on their phone. Yeah. And if it's something that they can send a quick reply to, you're generally going to get a quick response via text. But yeah. I would, I generally would always ask somebody, hey, are you all right with me texting you? Because yeah. some people want to set boundaries. I have to set boundaries with some people. You know, I don't like getting calls at, don't midnight, call me at midnight, 11, you know, four in the morning. Um, so, you know, you, you do have to make sure, you know, you have a good understanding of, you know, do's and don'ts. But yeah, however they can make it work, I'll make it work. Yeah, I think that's Love important, it. too, because I was going to say one question I always like to ask people is what's your preferred method of communication? Like if I have updates or need to get in touch with you, do you want me to email you, call you, text you? Like, what are you comfortable with? Because I also think that that builds that relationship because yeah. you're valuing their opinion and you're not just telling them, here's what I'm going to do. Um, I mean, shoot, the same thing that you do with candidates, I, I do. And Nikki, you probably would agree with, like, even with clients, like yeah. sometimes, you know, if they're in meetings all morning, they're probably not going to call you back till maybe the next day. But if you shoot a text, usually I get a quick text back because they're they're able to jump on their phone quick for a minute and reply or at the very minimum tell you, hey, I'm in a meeting right now. I'll call you back when I can. So I do think there's, you know, I know it doesn't always get the best reputation sometimes when it comes to texting people because it can be like an easy way out. But there are times and places where it is really beneficial. And then, I I mean, technology is so crazy how much it's expanded. You could even reach people on the different social media platforms right. or whatever it may be. So, you know, I know, that's something we've had to get creative with, too, is just how do you if you can't get in touch with them and you know, the top three preferred methods, what are other ways and how do you get a re acknowledge a reply from them? So I think it's really selling yourself and the opportunity if it is, you know, some type of text and not anything verbally spoken. Yeah. So how do you, if you're, this is where my old school like recruiting hat comes in and I'm like, okay, so if you have a candidate and you don't talk to them, how do you mitigate like red flags or like stuff, you know, or how do we know we're for sure they're for sure going to show up to an interview? I know like all the questions are going through my head right now. How do you in today's world, like if you can't get a candidate, I would assume eventually we talk to them on the phone. Um, I hear you both on the phone a lot, but you'd like at what point or how are you mitigating red flags or identifying some of those or I guess talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I mean, probably one of the bigger things a recruiter has to do is kind of navigate that with, right. with new candidates. But, you know, I guess initially, as far as like big red flags that a recruiter would typically look for, the common ones, you know, like um, job hoppiness, um, you know, big job gaps. You can get off their resume. Um, yeah. You know, a, a big change in industry can can sometimes be something. So, I mean, I think everyone kind of knows the general common red flags of, but that's just of a resume. Right. So, and I think that ties in like what a recruiting company does. Part of the value is 
you're not just a resume to, to companies that we work with. Right. Um, but I'm very direct with how I talk with people and in, in covering that thing. So if, if you have a gap, I don't assume it's for a negative reason. Yeah. I think, you know, going back to COVID and how that's changed things, I think job gaps are way more accepted after COVID. Yeah. Um, and Everybody had different situations. Yeah, yeah. And how things just hit the fan. So um, I'm always very direct and I, I don't want to assume, you know, I want to give them a chance to explain it. Yeah. Um, whether it's, you know, because what I found out, you know, especially being in the IT space is if someone's working contract jobs and they may be, um, you know, jumpy. Right. Um, air quotes. Jumpy. Yeah, air quotes. Air <laughs> yeah. quotes jumpy. I think jumpy has changed stand up over and the jump? years. Yeah. 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 So, you know, some of the people that do contract work or consulting work are your best people in the industry. And that's just what they like to do. Yeah. They like to always have new challenges just dive in, hit the ground and, and help companies fix just, you know, a little something and, yeah. then, and then they're gone. So I think as a candidate, if you are constantly getting asked about those things, just being able to really articulate, you know, why yeah. those things and be able to spin it in a positive way. Yeah. You know, like you would for really any question in an interview. Right. For sure. Yeah. Some other thoughts on that. I know Cordell dove really good into the whole resume aspect of red flags, but something I always like to do, and this is something I think I was taught back when I first got into recruiting is put them through some hoops. Like how many, not that you have to put them through a whole damn test, but you right. know, how many hoops of like easy, tangible, measurable things can you put them through? So it could be something as simple as, Hey, I want to talk to you on the phone. When are you free? Okay. You schedule a two o'clock phone call tomorrow. They don't answer. They never call you back. Probably right. not that's a good a sign, you know, yeah. and again, things are going to come up. Maybe something happened, but that's an easy way to test people. Um, you know, if you if you just give them little tasks, you know, like being in the construction space, a lot of our clients will ask for a project list or something where they can see what they've done specifically. So, you know, you say, hey, XYZ client wants to see a project list. Can you please get that to me by tonight at five? You know, and if they don't get it to you, you know, or never get it to you or get it to you a week later, then probably again, not a, not a great fit. Um, as long as there's not any crazy reasonable excuses for that. So I think it's just getting creative with how you can challenge them because they're not really thinking of that as a test, but in our heads, we know that those are ways we're testing them to see right. if they're really going to be a fit. Like if you're willing to put in the extra effort, yeah, like shows yeah. how bad you want the job. And if, you know, you let that go by a week, clearly you aren't that hard pressed to be looking for something different. Right. So how important is it going to be for you to go crush the interview? And then how long are you going to sit on an opportunity because you're just maybe looking for the next best thing? Um, jumpy air quotes, <laughs> best thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I mean, red flags are definitely out there. You just got to always be kind of aware of where those things can come up and how you can mitigate yeah. them. And at the end of the day, we're dealing with people. I mean, everyone has them. We all have them in our yeah. own ways. So, you know, I think it's just, um, again, trying to humanize these people, be sympathetic, but also understand you're not going to be able to help everybody. And I think that was a hard thing I had to learn when I first got into recruiting is you just want to help every single person yeah. you talk mm -hmm. to. And at the end of the day, if you want the job more than them, or you want them to interview more than they want to, you can't feel that. So you just have to recognize if you did what you could, but they made the decision best for them. You got to be at peace with it. Yeah, I love that. And I think too, at the end of the day, you kind of just have to give people a chance. 
you know, if, if, if I'm on the fence about somebody, you know, it's, well, you know, let's, let's give them a chance and see what they can do, you know, cause at the end of the day, then it's, you did everything you could. And if, if it doesn't work out, you know, you, you move on and learn from it, but yeah, I'm always willing to give everybody at least a chance. Yeah. So I feel like the tides are turning a little bit with like the, um, like you see more people on LinkedIn right now, like looking for jobs or, you know, what, um, what are, um, I don't know. I just feel like more people are kind of like looking for jobs than they were maybe even a year ago. But so on the flip side, how do you think a candidate can really, um, like set themselves up for success with a client or, um, you know, selling per se themselves to a company, has that changed at all? Um, I think, I mean, something I always heard going through college, um, which I mean, is just something of just today's generation as a yeah. whole is you really do need to be mindful of social media. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember when I heard it in college, this I thought it was... you're going to do a whole presentation on with <laughs> me, aren't you? For you're when, getting ready. <laughs> when I was uh, in college, you know, when I heard that, I kind of always brushed it off you know in my head like you know, do companies actually you know go on and yeah. look at your social media like is this really a big deal but, but once i got into recruiting that's feedback that i got yes you know, from actual managers so it's we literally had two people like in the last couple of weeks not get jobs because of stuff they had on their facebook's yeah yeah so it's just like maddening but i guess i get it yeah it's crazy it's crazy and that's not something that uh i've always thought about even being a recruiter mm -hmm. i don't necessarily i don't necessarily care to check someone's social media yeah um, i i would say i'm kind of naive sometimes i will you know take your word for it like if we're on a phone call and i ask you something and you tell me i mean i'm generally going to assume you're telling me the truth you yeah. know, within reason so um that's definitely something that i've noticed you know when the social age mm -hmm. you know this age where technology is everything that that is something that's pretty important um but then i mean winning an interview is probably the biggest thing that anybody can do you mm -hmm. know because your resume i like to think of it your resume gets you the interview but the interview is what's going to get you the job mm -hmm. so you can have a great resume be the perfect candidate on paper but if you go in and you can't articulate your experience, you yeah. know, relate that to the job that you're interviewing for, you know, be a culture fit, fit in with the environment. You know, your resume is not going to get you all the way to the finish line. Yeah, 100%. But if you can win an interview, um, you know, do your research, go into, a, go into an interview, knowing the company a little bit, all those things are going to set you up yeah. for success. I and if say. you're working with a recruiter, I would for sure say, like, take that time, like most recruit i mean we offer it i just offered it to somebody this morning um take the time to sit down and and talk to the recruiter more in depth about what they know about the company or what they know about the position or, or whatnot make sure you're you have all the details i would say that's probably the thing i've seen that's been the biggest switch just in the last few years from prior like it used to be the resume won you the job yeah it used to be that like as long as you didn't go in bashing your former employers are completely bombed the interview. Like if you could, were somewhat of a culture fit, that was more accepted where now I feel like it's like, yeah, your resume might be through the roof, but if you get in there and you don't get along well with the team or you think you know it all, or you're not willing to, you know, get trained in certain areas that maybe are only there to help benefit you. Like I've seen a lot of, a lot of people just in the last few months not get jobs because at the end of the day, 
they didn't win the interview because they weren't going to be a good fit with the team that was already there. So I think that's important too. And them thinking that you're a fit is just as much important for you thinking they're a fit. So yeah. it goes both ways. Um, and then the one last little plug, I guess, on winning interviews that I've always been a big fan of is thank you notes. Yeah. Call me old school, but um, there's something to be said about people who I get snail mail, right? It, that can get lost in the shuffle. So I'm not telling you, you have to mail a letter every time, but even just like a thank you email summary of what, thanking them for their time, what you enjoyed about the conversation, um, why you're interested in pursuing it further if you are, you know, I think that can go a long way. I think Cordell would agree. We've seen people win jobs because of yeah, a simple thing, sure. you know, it sounds so cheesy, but at the end of the day, I love when someone writes me a card. So think about, you know, your future boss. I'm sure yeah. that's something that they really appreciate too. So that would, that. that would be something I would just say, don't, don't go away from that. If you, if you believe in it. Yeah. yeah. And I'd say just to add on little thing there to make your think, you know, like really stand out, you know, I would always reference back to something like specifically from the interview Yeah. because, you know, it, it does a lot more than sending the generic, hey, thank you for your time and consideration. Looking forward to hearing next steps. I think yeah. I can be a great addition to the team. You know, Love that's it. great. That's that's obviously great. But if you can reference back to something like, like we talked about, about this, about, yeah. I feel like I can really impact this because of this, this and this, yeah. you know, to kind of reiterate that, you know, I think Shows you were listening. Yeah, engaged. I think it it would definitely set you apart, you know, yeah. even from other people who send a thank you note, yeah. you know, because they probably they may not be thinking of that. You know, Love really. it. Nice. I love that. Well, we're going to take a quick break and come back. I have some fun questions for both of you. So get ready. Uh, so go get your drink or go to the bathroom quick and we'll be right back and we'll wrap this up. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Recruiting has changed a lot in the last several years as business and the world around us has evolved. Tune into Help Wanted, recruiting in today's world, and we will dive into best practices internally, as well as how to partner with outside firms and agency. Guests will give more insight and real-time knowledge and examples of what their companies are doing to attract and retain talent in their organizations. We will also get into starting and hiring for a small business, what to do, not to do, and how to grow with a strong team. Help Wanted, recruiting in today's world with host Nikki Wallace. Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Help Wanted, recruiting in today's world. Have a question for Nikki or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to the show. Are you done with Welcome back, listeners. This is Nikki Wallace, your host with Help Wanted Recruiting in Today's World. Have our fun guests from my team, Michaela and Cordell. Um, thanks for hanging out with us here this afternoon talking about all things recruiting. So we're learning all the tricks and and of the trade for, for Michaela and Cordell. I just almost put your names together. <laughs> McCordell. McCordell. Nice. Is that what we're going to call you now? Cordela. Cordela. Sure. That's, That's cute. <laughs> How would your girlfriend feel about that? <laughs> I don't know. No. I doubt she'll listen to it. So it's like it's like your work wife, right? Everyone has one of those. Oh God. Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, we're just going to continue on. Okay. So one other question I had before the break, and then we'll, I'll put you guys in the hot seat here. Um, so how do you guys decide if you're going to work with a candidate? So we kind of talked about all the technology, how things have changed. Like, how do you guys, like when you, we sit down, we meet every morning at 8.15. Yes. Every morning at 8.15. Uh, we have our synergy meeting. Um, how do you guys start your day and know that you're going to engage with someone or talk, talk to them? Yeah. Well, obvious answer, I mean, is a resume. I yeah. mean, resume is kind of the, the job. Resume is the first thing that a recruiter is going to look at. Um, so, you know, going to look at your relevant experience, you know, for either a position that you know, we're actively hiring for, or obviously as a recruiter, you're going to pipeline. So, uh-huh. Even if you don't have something actively available, you know, you still want to discuss with people if you think you can work with them, uh-huh. um, you know, soonish. So I'd say beyond that, though, when I do a phone screen with somebody, I really look for like someone's motivation, effort uh-huh. to to want to find a job. Because um, if, if for whatever reason, you know, if I call you and you say, hey, I really need a job for X, Y, Z. I mean, I have an understanding that you need the work, you know, you're You're probably going to be very motivated. Yeah. So that's what I look for, you know, beyond just the resume um, is like what, what you need a job for, you know, and there's other questions, you know, things that I'll ask in a phone screen, you know, obviously, you know, like, why do you leave jobs is, is a pretty important one. Yeah. Um, You know, we don't necessarily want to work with somebody that just leaves, you know, for wishy-washy reasons. Right. But, you know, if you're leaving. Because they got, quote unquote, laid off. Yeah. But. The famous, like if somebody gets laid off in 10 places. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if if you're leaving for, for advancement and growth, like, yeah, that, that shows that you're, you're really you care about your career. You care about the trajectory of it. Yeah. And you're really trying to, to grow yourself. So I, I try to take a, a personal touch with, with working with people. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think it's, you know, really figuring out what do they want to do and, you know, the why behind the role they're looking for, you know, did they, what are their passions, I guess, and what company would fuel those passions. And in the same regard, then it's our job to match them with those companies that align with those goals and interests and passions they have and not just, oh, well, we have this position open. So sorry, this is all we got. There's where you're going. Like, 
it's okay to tell someone, sorry, I don't have anything immediately for you. But if that right job that you just described to me comes open, I will call you back. That's yeah. now that is if they're someone you deem, you know, through screening to be a good fit for the types of people we want to work with. But I think it's important to be a partner to them, just like it's important to be a partner to our clients and really match the perfect fit for both sides. And I think you only do that by, you know, Nikki, for you and I really getting to know our clients, what is a good culture fit? Yeah. What's not, what qualifications do they need to see in a person? And then letting our team know, here's, here's what that ideal candidate looks like. Here's what that personality fit would be. And making sure we're all, again, communication on the same page of matching the two. And then, you know, it's probably the most, like, cool, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, <laughs> but this whole live thing, I can't think of the big word I was going to throw out there, but rewarding, we'll go with that. It's probably one of the most rewarding things to get feedback when someone does start saying, like, hey, you changed my life, or yeah. this job is exactly what I was looking I for, like, I love this company, and so that's probably... I would say like one of the biggest reasons we do what we do because of stuff like that, that is just at the end of the day, it fills your cup. Yeah. I love that. So kind of leading into that, I guess we're in kind of a weird, weird industry, right? Like we talk about recruiting, uh, staffing. We all didn't go to school for this. Oh no. <laughs> That's like Cordell right before this. You didn't go to school though. But so how, I guess, what are your guys' thoughts? Like a, I think sometimes staffing, quote unquote, gets a uh, bad um, rap, really. So like they're just, you know, throwing shit at the wall or they're, you know, that's like the famous quote. I feel like we used to always that can get in our breathe. prior company. Yeah. Um, and I, I do, obviously, we believe differently because we're here. We're trying to build this company. We are building this company. Um, we're out there in the community helping people. But what are your guys' thoughts on kind of the common perception of what we're doing? I know it's kind of a different question, but yeah, no, I, I really do like that question because I think we've all been in the industry long enough that we hear all the thoughts around mm -hmm. it and, you know, no shame. There's, there's definitely times and places that stuff is happening. So usually the ones that are saying that have had a bad experience yeah. and that's what you have to remember is something triggered them to feel that way. And so, you know, when I hear that, I always seek to understand whether that be a client who is leery of working with us or a candidate who's like, you know, I don't, I've worked with a recruiter before. I don't want to do that. Right. Like at the end of the day, we're consultants. Like yeah. Yeah. We're consultants for both. And like, you're not going to be able to help someone if you can't understand why they feel the way they do. So that's always my number one question. When I do hear people speaking on, oh, I would never work with an, you know, a recruiter or a consultant like that. It's like, okay, why, what happened? And trying to learn why they feel that way and sell why you're not that same way. Right. Um, and I think a really cool thing about our company specifically, Hire DSM being in Des Moines, like we are boots on the ground in Des Moines. Yep. Like we know our clients, we are physically here. If anything happened and they needed someone physically on site, one of us would be there in yep. 20 minutes max, you know? So I think there's something to be said about the physical presence. And that's also a selling point when we're talking to candidates because we're not just some person from across the country calling them about a job in Iowa or, yep. you know, Des Moines, as some people Des might Moines. think it's called, Yeah, you know, so it, I think that is cool. And then in the same regard, like, it's been cool to give back to the community and get involved in right. different volunteer opportunities and some of these different um, nonprofit events and stuff that we've gone to and helped out yeah, with. I love that. Going to the local high schools, trying to help build the future of people in Des Moines and in Iowa. So 
you know, yeah, the reputation is there and the, the reasons are there. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of good that comes from it when when you're able to really see yeah. that, I guess. And I think I've had a show earlier in the season on um, with somebody else in the industry. And it's, um, you know, I think it's like what you put into it, too. So, you know, if you're coming to the table to work with a recruiter to quote, find another body or, you know, someone with a pulse or whatever, it's like, well, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. Um, so, you know, making sure that you are partnering with uh, with agencies to help you at the end of the day, grow your business and get the job done or get you a job, kind of depending on what side of the, the coin you are. Cordell, you brought up something um, that we didn't really touch more on, but, um, you know, a lot of educators right now leaving the industry are, are struggling. Um, like, how do they get into some type of a corporate role? And it's like, you know, those are people like partner with the recruiter because they can go and take your your resume to a hiring manager and really tell your story um, instead of having the, you know, the hiring manager receive 15 resumes. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if you have anything else on that, but. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's not a, educators specifically, but I think that's just one we've seen a lot of lately. I think this topic is, is obviously something that comes up a lot and being a recruiter, you know, the front line, you know, calling people. Mm -hmm. I've, I've had my fair share of, Hey, I'm so-and-so with so-and-so company. They recognize that it's a, um, you know, recruiting service yep. and, you know, sometimes you get the click, sometimes you get the, the F click. off, leave me alone, <laughs> and then you get the click. So, you know, it comes up. And I think, like Michaela said, if, if you're against or weary about working with a recruiter, you either had a bad experience or someone that you know had a bad experience. Yeah. And those bad experiences generally come down to the role wasn't what I was promised. Yep. Um, you know, that could be the actual job description, job duties change, or it's supposed to be a permanent, you know, contract to hire and it's only a contract and you get let go, you know, after three, four months. I'd say that's probably the biggest one that yeah. people have an issue with is they feel like the job wasn't what they were promised by. A For sure. Um, yeah. You know, beyond that, I think it's what I what I try to tell people is we are really just an extension of a company's HR team. Mm hmm. And the only reason that they choose to use us is, you know, maybe they don't have the time, resources right. to do it themselves. Need to do it. But also it we make it easier for companies to continually see what's in the market and understand the market and know how they have to adjust yeah. to trends. Um, so I think what I try to do to explain that to people is think of me like an agent, you know, and you're you're an athlete. Okay. <laughs> Oh God! So, so you can be on a team, Terrible analogy right? You can me, but... like you can be on a team. You can actively be working yeah. somewhere, but I can talk to you, understand what are the things you'd be open to, and while you're working, I can look for jobs for yeah, you. That and is if, very true. If I find that golden ticket, I can say, "Hey, Bob, I have a perfect job for you. Would you be interested?" Yeah. And if it's your, you know, gold ticket job, you're gonna be excited, right? So that's what I try to explain. Is I'm just trying to help you be able to get in front of more opportunities yeah. if that's what you want to do and be able to sell you beyond just the resume. Like I'm going right. to, I'm going to talk to a manager and say, Hey, I talked to this person. I think they'd be a great fit for the role because of this, this, and this. Right. So you already have someone in your corner before you even get to the interview. Right. It's like setting you up. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And like your original question goes back to is if you're trying to switch industries, it's better to have someone in your corner trying to sell you. Right. 
than hoping, oh, I hope that they can connect with my resume like that I can do this yeah. because I did this. Right. You know, we're essentially putting a cover letter on top of your resume every time we send you somewhere. Right. We're, we're, we're the cover letter for you. I love that. I like that because you don't see cover letters. Anymore, I just came so. up with that. You hey, just on the flag. We got to put you on live air more we're often. Gonna, but we're going to tagline. Tagline? Yeah. All right. Okay. Now it's time for some fun. I I didn't tell you guys I was going to ask you this I'm question. Sure she's got like the schemey hands. I'm, I'm intrigued. All right. So we've all been doing this for multiple years. What's your favorite clean staffing story that you have of things that have happened over the years? Ooh, define clean. <laughs> Make it clean for the air. <laughs> my husband's favorite one. I will give you this. Yeah, you guys think. Uh, it's not necessarily my favorite one, but he got a kick out of it. So long story short, I had a, a hiring manager. This was probably nine years ago, eight years ago now. Um, I won't say the company, but emailed me and said that they had fired so-and-so because he had built a fort in the back of the, the plant. This is a true story built a fort in the back of the plant and had been staying there. So like literally living in the back of the plant in this fort of boxes that this kid had made. And uh, he said something else and I can't remember exactly what the, the rest of the conversation was. And he responded and said, well, wait, did you not look at the pictures? And I literally went back to the regular original email and he had sent this kid had literally set up a, a box for like a whole house and had like, Burger King wrappers in it. So like oh, the plant had apparently had issues with um, like the power had gone in and out that week. And um, so during their downtime, he had gone in and made this box for it and had decided he didn't have, he was homeless, which I didn't know. Um, and he had wow. been staying in the plant. True That's story. Bizarre. I, ha- I, know. I have not heard yeah. that one yet. I'm like, just nothing surprises me anymore. So I can't, yeah, I can't top that. You probably still have a good one though. I have like a lighthearted one. It has to do with, um, because I have a lot of crazy ones, but one that like just still melts my heart. And I actually, I talked about cards earlier, right? I still have the card, you guys. I still have the card that this guy brought me, but um, I can't remember. He was like within the engineering space, pretty high level guy, had gotten him a job, kind of, you know, been through some rough stuff in his life. He was not living out of his car, but basically was that's kind of where he was at had he not found this job. And so he was probably about three weeks in with one of our clients. And all of a sudden, our front desk at my old job said, hey, um, this so-and-so's up front. They have something for you. And I went up front and it was a whole like bouquet of flowers, which Aww, flowers are not really? cheap, you guys. So a whole bouquet of flowers and the card and it was just like, thank you so much. I can't appreciate you more, whatever, whatever. And at the end, it said, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> not a mom. Not a mom, not a mother. Nope. Not even a dog, like, mom. Pretty fresh, out of, pretty fresh out of college. So, but I kept the card because I'm like, I don't even care. It doesn't, that part doesn't apply. Oh, but just so the fact cute. that he went out of his way, brought these flowers, gave me this card, gave me a hug. Like, that's, that's why... That's why you're why in you this do industry. What you do. Yeah. And That's so why you're in this crazy, not a crazy story. One of the more like, yeah, you know, exactly. I should have made you guys think about this ahead of time. We probably could have got some good ones. Yeah. But that's one that stands out, you know, six years later. So Cordell, I see your eyes. You got something. No, not really. You have oh, come nothing on, crazy you something. that's happened. No, nothing that, nothing that really pops out. Well, it doesn't have to be crazy, but just like a, a fun story or just a, 
Um, Never thought you'd hear that in your life. And then. I mean, I just enjoyed being able to to bring lunch to people. I mean, yeah. I always thought that was fun. Um, you can still do that. I, oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I just, um, that, that was, was cool is because, I mean, you asked somebody, yeah, hey, do you, hey, hey, do you want a free lunch? They're like, well, heck yeah, I want a free lunch. Right. Like, no one's going to turn down a free lunch. Right. So I, that's actually some funny things is what people order. All right. What's the best order you've gotten then? Um, there was someone that, that was... I had for... some, somebody made me there was someone think that... I'm a Red Lobster. And it was a $100 like Red Lobster like a, crab leg. I know. Wow. I was like, this is weird. Wow. No, I've never had a request like that. Um, I just think like, okay, like well, I wouldn't... They order something that I wouldn't expect. So say... So what, yeah, um, what's your craziest one? I had a guy... Um, he wanted McDonald's. And I was like, okay, what do you want from McDonald's? And I don't think these people actually exist. Um, oh, God. But he wanted a filet of fish from McDonald's. And I I don't think I had ever spoken to someone who had ever fish. wanted a filet of fish. That's all the I guy just, wanted. I, which is fine. Did he get like a shake or anything or just a filet of fish? Well, the meal, the combo, yeah. you know, with the drink and fries. Interesting. Try. So not the burger, but the fish. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's something. Do they still on. have filet of fish? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. No, either. It's a staple. Uh, sorry, don't frequent McDonald's. <laughs> Chick fil A is our office. Chick -fil -A our go to. Yeah. Nothing against McDonald's. I do love a, a burger every once in a while. All right. We only have a couple minutes left. So, Michaela, I can probably tell you what yours is going to be. What's your life motto? Motto. <laughs> Bato. I knew where you were going with that. I was like, or mantra. I've known you for a long time. I yeah. can probably guess what you're going to have. So Michaela's had a huge journey in, in her life. Like yeah. I have a couple. The... I always, so I always try to do like each year, I like to have like a word, my word for the year, the word that I can come back to. Um, and I think my word, at least for this year, is grit. You know, we've, oh, I love that. I didn't know that. There's also a really good book called Grit. If you haven't read it yet, highly recommend. But um, I don't know. I just like that word because it relates to in work and life. Just always come back to always come back to that word, I guess, especially on like the tough days. But my like motto and something I your motto, uh, motto my motto. Yeah, as Nikki calls it, um, would be you didn't come this far to only come this far. So like that, again, relates to everything. So like when you find yourself questioning or wondering why you're doing what you're doing, just remember, like, did I really come all this way? To hit this roadblock to just give up you should have told me that earlier <laughs> when i, know, I was right? having a moment you should have been like listen um but yeah i mean i think that's i love it that. is i literally think about that look right phrase quote moto motto whatever often i mean weekly probably so i just think again we always think of these things when it gets rough but yeah. things don't have to be bad to think of the no. words that get you through the bad so grit and you didn't come this far to only come this far and if you want to learn more about those words or quotes just google i'm sure there's some summaries that can help elaborate a little bit more on where what those could mean or come find michaela they'll come chat all about it with you get a little glass of wine and sit at our yeah. lab table yeah give me some pinot grigio and we can chat all night i love it for now what's yours do you have one I don't, I don't know if I have a clear and concise one like that. I know. I feel like this is something we should like do. Yeah. It'd be a good, be a good, uh, exercise. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what mine would be. When it comes to recruiting, probably expect the unexpected. Probably. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what, what's yours, Nikki? 
Put you on the hot spot. I know. You got to answer a question. Um, I did pick a word this year, and it was, um, well, I picked two words. Um, Growth. Obviously, we're in a, a hope, you know, should be a good growth year as we've expanded um, and stabilize because I felt like at the end of last year, I had a baby and all the things and then we banned the company and I just need a chill year. So those are my words for this year. My motto, I think Vic asked us this at one point and I mm-hmm. think like the thing that always sticks out in my head is like there is a solution to everything. You just have to figure out what it is. So you just know it doesn't have to be like super obvious. Sometimes you got to think a little bit and collaborate, but I found everything's it. doable. That is exactly what you said. Is Your it? motto or mantra, guys, on 420-2022, Nikki had, I have email documentation proof. Two things. Every problem has a solution. Yep. Some just take longer to get there. Yep. The other one, create boundaries and stick to them. Yes. Your time is valuable. And the only thing you can't get back in life is your time. Is your time. Yeah. And this was not planned just for the record. This was just like off yeah, the cuff. I, you, found that. you said you remembered emailing it and there it is. So you're consistent. Yeah. <laughs> if anything. So I didn't think of anything. Well, we got to work with you on this. Yeah. I'm going to give you an assignment. I'm going to give you a hoop to jump through by Friday. And it's oh, coming no. up with one. Oh, no. <laughs> Friday at noon, right? Because you're going golfing or something. No, I'm hanging out with uh, my grandpa, my oh. dad. Well, you could be golfing with your grandpa. Or your that dad. sounds like some precious time. <laughs> yeah. I actually don't know if my grandpa golfs. I don't think he golfs. He's a retired farmer. I he don't think drive he, the cart. I don't think he had much time to golf out in the cornfields. Well, there you go. Well, good. Well, we're so glad that everybody hung out with us here this afternoon. Um, thanks again for listening to um, Help Wanted Recruiting in Today's World. Hope we gave you a few nuggets that you can use in your recruiting process and um We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Help Wanted, recruiting in today's world. We hope we have helped you reach a higher level of understanding for today's workforce and the dynamics behind them. Until we talk again, have an outstanding week.